Introducing Mindful Parenting in a Messy World with Michelle Gale. This podcast is for parents who long to be meaningfully connected to themselves and their children, even as the demands of modern life are accelerated. Enjoy a collection of supportive conversations, meditations, and nuggets of practical wisdom to help you embrace the parenting journey as your greatest potential for personal growth. Welcome to Mindful Parenting in a Messy World. I'm your host, Michelle Gale, and today I'm interviewing a dear, dear friend, Leah Perlman, who is the creator and founder of Dharma Comics, which I was telling her I keep on my on my shelf and give to people I love. It's a popular web comic series, which was created into a book. It has an audience of more than 60,000 followers on Facebook. She started her career as a technologist working for Microsoft and then Facebook, where she co-created both Facebook pages and the like button, the very features that later helped her comic spread. And in 2010, she left Facebook to dedicate herself fully to a path of self-awareness and discovery and continues drawing on life. And that's where I met Leah was after she'd already left Facebook. Welcome, Leah. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. I'm so happy to be here. And you are, are working on some other things as well, in addition to, to Dharma Comics. And I, I want to just tell our listeners, um, I decided to reach out to you right now because my book is, my first book's coming out in October 17th, Mindful Parenting in a Messy World. And if anyone has ever seen my website or any of my, my podcast image, there's this sweet little med- meditator with crossed legs. And I added some, uh, some squiggles to her, to her leg to make her messy. But that, that was Leah's stick figure. Tell us a little bit about that, Leah. I know it's made its way around the world, hasn't it? Yeah. Um, I love that little guy. Um, (laughs) (laughs) so I actually, um, I initially drew that particular little meditator in honor of a dear friend, um, who was, uh, protesting, um, some of the violence, the police violence, um, and uh, was arrested while meditating somewhere that he, quote unquote, wasn't supposed to be. Um, and he was arrested and charged with disturbing the peace. Wow. Um, and he's undocumented um, and spends a lot of time as an activist for undocu- other undocumented people. Um, and so anyway, I drew that meditator as part of a letter um, that I wrote along with hundreds of others to, uh, to have our dear friend, uh, released. And, um, something about that particular meditator has just caught the hearts of so many people, including you, Michelle, and, uh, the image has been replicated and used in different places, um, Uh including there's a giant life-size mural of him in India, um, at a center, a meditation center there now. Oh my gosh, if you ever get there again, will you take a picture of it and send yeah, it to I, Yeah, I actually haven't been there, but they, they sent me a picture, so I can send it to you. I would love, I would love to see it. Yeah, I can remember seeing that for the first time and somehow just being drawn to it. And when I was creating, you know, some content and like a logo for myself, I thought, oh my gosh, if I just put a little squiggly line, it's kind of like, you know, I was imagining a mom or dad sitting in meditation, just, you know, with the mess around yes. them. And it's on the cover of my book, um, surrounded by some other stick figures that the, the designers did for the, for the, for the, um, for the cover. But that, that meditator is, is Leah's. And I'm so thankful that you, 
you allowed me to use it. I remember emailing you and asking and was so happy when you said yes. Oh yeah, an honor. Really. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, your, your Dharma comics, which is on Facebook and is so fun, so fun to read. And something that I told you years ago, I used with my with my son, not as much anymore. My older son, Tyler, and I used to read it together pretty regularly. I am, um, can you tell a little bit about Dharma Comics and how it came to be? Would you mind sharing a little bit about that? Yeah. Um, well, I've been a blogger for a long time, maybe since blog became, first became a word. Um, and I was working at Facebook and I was writing my blog and a Facebook posts at the time. And um, I, uh, started my personal journey of self-awareness, inner searching, um, while I was still at the company. Um, and I had had some things happen in my personal life and sort of realizing that I could get so caught up at work. Um, so busy. I mean, it was a fun, accelerated time to be there. Mm. Um, but it kind of took over in a way that didn't leave a lot of space for introspection. And I had gone there I'd gone there after working for two years at Microsoft and I'd gone there just after college. So I was kind of in a fast pace, um, onto one job, onto the next and never had time to really, or never took the time to really pause and ask what I was, what I was most into, what I was all about. Yeah. So, um, I took a sabbatical from Facebook, um, at one point, And during that time, I went on my first meditation retreat and uh, the blog post that I was writing started turning introspective. Um, mm-hmm. Because I worked at Facebook, I was pretty well aware that Facebook posts with pictures got more clicks than, mm-hmm. um, than posts without pictures. So um, I started drawing some little stick figure illustrations to go with the things I was writing. Um, but pretty soon, the, the pictures would actually capture the essence of everything that I was trying to say with my stories. Um, and so for a long time, I post the writing plus the pictures. And then at some point, the writing just started falling away. And as I was going through different kinds of life struggles or learning different kinds of, having different kinds of insights through my own practice, um, I would just get these funny little hits of either an image or a caption. And I would put them together in these comics uh, and share them online. Beautiful. And which, um, what, I know there's a few that really went viral more than others. Could, would you mind sharing one or two so people can get an idea if they've never seen them, um, you know, what they, what they're like and what stories they tell? Yes. Um, well there's, um, yeah, some of my favorites, one I hear the most often, there's one, uh, where these two little stick figures are looking at the word imperfect and, they bring out a little paint can and they add an apostrophe um, and push the letters apart. So it spells I'm perfect instead. Mm-hmm. Um, and just that transition of imperfection and perfection in perfection <laughs> um, <laughs> seems to delight a lot of people. Um, yeah. So that's a popular one. Another one. Um, yeah. I, there's one with the two stick figures And the caption, the first panel, they're standing looking at each other and it says, uh, I'll show you mine if you show me yours. And in the second (laughs) image, you see both of them 
pulling apart their chests and showing their hearts to each other. Oh, I love it. I love that one. I love all of them. Um, and I have you, when we were, we were doing a little video before we, we started recording today and you saw behind me in my office, I have something hanging and it says, um, you have everything you need. And the next little thing says inside you and it opens up to show its heart. Yeah. I I have a, I have a love of that one as well. It hangs in my office. I am. That one, that one actually has a funny backstory. It does um, tell. Yes. Tell. I, I haven't heard a lot of these backstories. It's <laughs> not here. I never knew how the meditator came to be. And I didn't yeah. realize how the stick figures began with words as well. I, I didn't know that part of the story. Yeah. Well, it kind of, you know, when certain things happen that have some magic to it, it's kind of a confluence of things. So there were actually, sometimes when people ask me the origin of Dharma comics, I could tell four different stories of how it started because mm-hmm. there were so many things that happened at the same time that made it happen. Um, so that it's possible. That's why that version is a, is just one, one way I like to tell the story. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the one that you have hanging the, you have everything you need inside you. I actually had a friend, uh, who ran into some trouble while he was traveling and ended up caught in a foreign jail for a number of months. Wow. And, uh, his, girlfriend was collecting a bunch of things to send over to him to comfort him while he was there, while they were trying to get him out. So I was trying to think of something that somebody who was caught in a foreign wow. jail system that might be reassuring. And so that caption, you have everything you need inside you. Um, it seemed like the one thing I could think of that might be reassuring. Oh my goodness. These stories need to be shared too. <laughs> I think you need to start sharing these on your yeah. Facebook page. Like well, <laughs> How they came to be. I know sometimes you do that. I do sometimes, but yeah, it's a good, it's a good, uh, it's a good point. I think sometimes I forget, you know, I forget that that's part of it. And sometimes I like to post the comics so people can see what they want to see in it instead of um, see what the story is. Um, But Yeah. yeah. That's a good point. That's a good point. Well, I, I love to share this book with parents in particular, because I told you many years ago, um, my older son, Tyler, and I used to read these together. And we would just go through, you know, he was probably 11 at the time. And we would just go through and we'd pick one and both look at it and, you know, maybe read the caption if there was one. And then we'd just talk about it. I'd say, you know, what do you yeah. see? Like, what is it to, for you? And he would ask me the same time. So he'd come up to me on a random day and like hand me one of the comics and say, what does this book mean, mom? (laughs) Yeah, it was really, it was a beautiful way to, you know, your comics are such a beautiful way to open up conversations with children about these deeper human experiences. You know, they're so simple. And, um, And I would just come in the living room sometimes and see Tyler with it open and he'd just be reading and you'd see his kind of, eyes furrowed a little bit, <laughs> you know, noodling on it. And so I've given this book to many, many parents to share with their families because I know yeah, it's a book that. written for families, but I feel like it's such a, it's, it's, it just, it speaks to everyone. Yeah. Well, I do think there's something, I mean, a lot of those comics have been part of a healing process for me of different healing, different aspects of myself. And it, in some ways it does feel like a conversation between my inner parent and my inner child. Um, you know, so a lot of the places I think we get stuck are, or confused are, 
um, in our younger years. And then that just stays. And so often when I have these epiphanies of insights, um, it does feel like a returning to a more innocent version of myself. So I love that you, I love that he loves it. When I drew them, I certainly wasn't thinking of kids. I was just drawing them for me. Um, but hearing you say that, I really connect with my inner, my inner 11 year old who just can sit for, you know, two hours in the corner with her markers, drawing one of these things. Mm, I wonder if you've ever um, connected with, you know, art therapists or have you ever had kind of conversations with those kinds of people about the process that you've kind of been through in bringing these comics into the world? Um, you know, no, I haven't. <laughs> it's been so organic, but I bet, I bet it does, you know, I imagine it sort of fits in some model. Um, but yeah, no, it's been kind of a, the practice itself of drawing the comics, sharing them is very public. The, the practice of drawing them has been a pretty private, private experience. Private. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, I'm just thinking of being in, I finished graduate school last year and I took an art therapy class. That was part of my program. And it was, I, most of my program was very experiential, but this program was, this course was like almost a hundred percent experiential. There was very little lecture. Um, there was just a lot of, of drawing and um, doing art in different mediums and sand trays. And mm. um, so that's my, uh, you know, my lens. I definitely, I, I shouldn't, I know I'm not an artist, but I am an artist, <laughs> but not a, um, you know, as far as drawing goes and, um, you know, physical kind of art, visual, visual yeah. kind of art. Um, and I, it, it was really healing for me. I mean, we did it in that course and we did it in all of my courses. We were always drawing and I was always um, really surprised at what came up and, mm. and how much progress I would make from putting those pencils on, on the paper. So that's, that's how I can relate it to, to what you've been through. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it makes so much sense to me. I mean, I certainly was not an artist either. It's the reason I draw stick figures. I mean, <laughs> and for, you know, people listening, when you see them, they're very, very simple um, because that's all I could draw when I started. And over time, they've gotten more nuanced because I, you know, cultivated some skill. But I sort of, in retrospect, I see that the mind, you know, it tries to solve problems the same way over and over again. So, just doing something different doesn't even matter what it is. Um, but art is a place where a lot of people, especially people who spend a lot of time in the cerebral world, mm. um, don't experiment. And it's just amazing. We're ch just changing one variable like that, like doing it with art instead of the talking can lead to so much opening and insight. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I really agree. And I, um, I know you've had, you know, since, since this book, when did, the book come out? Remind me. It's just, it's almost a year ago, not quite a year ago. But it was, didn't you, it came out through a publisher, but you had self-published first, hadn't you? Yes. I self-published a collection maybe three or four years ago. That sounds about um, right. Cause I'm, I'm yes. thinking Tyler's age. So yeah, that makes sense to me. And then, um, and then who, what is the publisher? That yes. Um, uh, Penguin, a division Penguin. of Penguin. Yeah. And so it's been, now it's been in the world in that different way in the last, yeah. in the last year. Um, but you've been on, I know, um, a personal evolution over these years. And I'm really curious to hear how, um, you know, how you kind of touch base with this work. Um, 
and you know, it's, I'm sure it sometimes it just kind of like fades into the background and, and then appears again. You kind of, we talked a little bit about that, how, you know, all, you know, you haven't drawn much and then all of a sudden, you know, you'll kind of go through this, this process and this transformation. And then, you know, you're putting the pencils down again. I'm curious how you relate to, um, this work. Is it kind of weaving through or is it kind of on the side? Um, well, the way I've come to think of it um, is it, it's kind of I hold an analogy of nature. So these days I consider my work in, my wor- in the world is really my inner work. Um, it's just cultivating more and more clarity, more and more inner peace, uh, being kinder, doing whatever I can to be more in integrity with who I am and the people around me. Um, and that's my work. That's my job. Um, then things that come out of that, sometimes writing, sometimes comics, sometimes dance. I really love dance in certain formats. Um, I host some leadership trainings where I coach, uh, people and a lot of women specifically. Um, and I really try to hold in my mind and heart as much as possible that all of that external production is like the fruit on the Mm -hmm. tree. And the actual work is, um, you know, in nourishing the soil that produces it. And so sometimes it's so easy, especially, you know, in this culture to get fixated on the, um, output. And, and I think for some people, that's the right, um, that's the right fixation. It's just for me and my personal Dharma, apparently, um, where life keeps asking me to put my attention and my practice is inward and anything that comes out of that, uh, is a pure delight. And I'm so grateful for, um, but it has its seasons and I can't seem to force it. And, uh, so there are periods where I'm drawing comics every day. And then lately, um, I was just, um, you know, reflecting, it's been almost six months since I've been producing regularly. I've been doing lots of retreats. So I guess it's just a different, a different period of, of the growth cycle. Mm. And what, what do you find? Um, I know you've been doing this, these leadership trainings, predominantly women, but you said now you're doing, um, co-ed and every other time, Um, sometimes women, sometimes co-ed. I'm curious, how long has it been since you've been doing these? A few years. Yeah. Um, so I've been leading them, uh, it's coming up on two years. On two yeah. years. Yeah. And what are you learning from that? I mean, this is kind of the first time that you've held, I mean, it's, it's quite an honor to hold space for people in that way. Um, a group of people, um, in a, such an intimate setting. Um, how, how has that either affected you or how do you think you've grown? I'm also curious kind of themes you're getting from that, um, you know, that, that we could learn from and the listeners can learn from, you know, things that you're hearing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we do these leadership trainings. It's, it's based on the work of the conscious leadership group, which, uh, is a group I've been studying with for about six years. Um, and, uh, they're basically a group of people who have been studying all sorts of different mindfulness trainings and backgrounds for decades. And they've found ways to reframe and reformat what they learn in the uh, spiritual world and bring it into the corporate world. Okay. Um, and so it, it is really nice for me to share this because I do have a background in the corporate world and a foreground in the spiritual world and to find this place where these two meet. 
um, feels like all of me gets to show up there. Mm. Um, so holding space for people has been, uh, it is awesome. And it's awesome for a number of reasons. I mean, for one thing, um, we just have a ton of fun. I mean, it's emotional and intense and there's moments of seriousness, but, um, one of the core foundations of this work is to really play that play is necessary. Mm. So we bring in our stuff, the places we're stuck in our lives and we work with different tools to try and get new perspectives, but play is a huge part of it. Um, and so they're really fun. Uh, and the other part I really love about it is, um, that it calls me to a whole new level of integrity. My, uh, friend Sue, she's, she founded the company Merge Lane, um, which is an investment company that invests in companies with at least one woman in leadership. Um, so we put these on together and, uh, she and I were just talking about how every time it's time for a camp, a leadership camp, which is every two months, she and I go through some giant life change because when we hold the camp, we're very transparent. We tell everybody what's going on in our lives, all the issues, all the things we're dealing with. And we do our own work in front of the group so that we can model what we're teaching. And to be able to hold space for a group, it requires a pretty high degree of being integrity with the material. So, um, that's probably one of my favorite things about it is one, getting my life and my internals in, in line in order to show up in a responsible way. And two, getting to be really vulnerable with a group of people, um, is it's really, it's always a very moving and healing experience for me to do my work with, with this group of people as a witness and also as an offering for learning. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel the same way about that. And there's something magical that happens. I mean, you know, it's beautiful going on a silent retreat and and doing going inward. And there's also something just so magical about, you know, inquiry work and and being with others and being vulnerable with others that just opens people wide open um, yes. together. Yeah, I love that. And also I find it's funny, I'm, as you're speaking, um, I'm kind of relating it to myself a little bit around, you know, I teach mindful parenting and sometimes I was teaching a six week course not too long ago. And, um, and I was, and I was happy to be teaching this at my house because where I was supposed to have, it didn't work out. And, um, and so, you know, there was a lot to do to get, it was the summer, it was right before the summer. I was needed to make sure the house is clean and tidy and everything was ready and, and, uh, get my family out of the house and, um, Oh my goodness. And so I would just, there was one morning where I was like crazy person (laughs) and I heard myself saying, I need to, I'm teaching a mindful parenting class and I'm freaking out. (laughs) I'm not supposed to be doing this. And so there was this combination of guilt, like who am I to be teaching this class when I'm being a psycho right now? (laughs) But also, oh my God, I absolutely get to be teaching this class because, you know, it's about, you know, my take on it is that it is messy and some mornings are like that. And, and we do snap and we, sometimes we aren't, you know, our best selves and that's just what's real. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, (laughs) and then it makes such great material. Sometimes I think certain life events happen in advance of teaching like that. 
just so we have something to talk about immediately. You know, <laughs> it's time to start teaching. Yeah, I mean, that's the first thing I had to say. I'm like, I have a confession to make. <laughs> yeah. As I was preparing to teach this mindfulness course for parents, I was yelling at my children. <laughs> I have been to that now. <laughs> I was just so good. But you have to be careful about the guilt. Um, that's what can really creep in for me is yeah. um, kind of that guilt of, I shouldn't have done that. And I know we've, you and I have both done a lot of work with Byron Katie um, and her inquiry process. And, and I, you know, from doing her nine day school, whenever I hear myself say, I shouldn't have done that, you know, I automatically mm. question it. No, I should, I should have done that. And why should have I done that? Right. I didn't have enough sleep. <laughs> Yeah. You know? And, you know, I've got a lot on my plate and, you know, I can name all these different reasons of, um, yeah, you know, that happens and yeah. that's okay. I can recover and it's all in the recovery. Yeah. And that's so nice. I mean, I find, I'm sure you do too. And especially when people are new to mindfulness work, it can be a little bit shocking because you're starting to pay attention to things that you kind of were intentionally not paying attention to before. So <laughs> yeah. you kind of find like, all of the ickiness and it can start to feel like at the very beginning, like, oh my goodness, I'm a crazy person. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm a mess. Yeah, yeah. Learn to hold it all, right? I and mean, it's all there. It, it is all there. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I feel like that for me, that actually is the, that that's my primary practice is to be keeping more and more gentle and forgiving with whatever it is that I see. It's not about, you know, holding my mind on my breath for an extended period of time. It's, it's cultivating that gentleness when things are not going the way that I quote unquote think that they should. Yeah. Should that word, (laughs) that word. And I'm, I'm uh, remembering you mentioned earlier that imperfect, you know, I'm perfect you know, being able to hold both of those at the same time, you know, I'm perfect and I'm imperfect. Yep. Um, I'm, and there's a perfection in the imperfection. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I was just, uh, yeah, I was just talking to a friend. We were just talking about Wabi Sabi in particular and just like, you know, handmade and there's just, I mean, we just wouldn't want it to be perfect, even though we think we do. Uh, so just coming to, to terms with that. And what's wabi-sabi? Wabi-sabi. It's like a, uh, I think it's Japanese. Oh, I hope it's Japanese. If it's not someone out there who knows better, please forgive me. Um, form of art that specifically emphasizes the imperfections. So mm. things would be handmade or if something gets a crack in it, um, they might, you know, fill it with a gold streak or different ways of honoring the imperfections as part of the beauty. <sighs> How beautiful. I have to look that up. Yeah. I would, I'd love to, that would be, oh, I'd love to interview someone <laughs> that did that <laughs> or knows more about it. That's so perfect. Yeah. And I'm also thinking I need to use that cartoon, um, you know, as I'm creating things, I want to make sure I keep that in my mind. So I yes, that's such, that's such a good image. Yeah. It's just such a good image. And so how often do you, I know you're getting ready. If anybody happens to be in the, be in the San Francisco Bay area, you're getting ready to, to do one of these leadership trainings and it's specifically for women coming up, right? Yes. We, our next women's training, uh, is in November in the Bay area. Mm, And do they have themes or are they different each time? Or is it the 
kind of similar thing each time? Just kind of you go deeper if you've been there before? How do, how, how does that Yeah, work? well, so it's kind of like um, usually people bring some topic, something that they're dealing with in their life, personal life, work life. Um, and we, we use a lot of different tools to explore it and play with it and get a lot of insight and learning. So people tend to have some pretty um, awesome shifts around something that's meaningful in their life the way that we hold it is we tend to recreate, you know, all these, we have patterns. So if we work on one issue with one person, we're actually working at the pattern level. Why do I recreate this dynamic over and over again? Mm. Um, so our attention is on changing those patterns that keep us stuck in various ways. Um, and so, uh, and that can be, you know, managers of teams, like a dynamic within the whole team. Um, but we really focus, it's called a leadership camp, but what we're really talking about is how do you lead by example, by being in integrity with yourself in your life. And so we teach that kind of personal leadership. Um, and when I say teach, we teach, and then we also get really messy with, <laughs> with the participants. And um, yeah, we like to do women's groups. Uh, every other group is women's groups because there's a special alchemy that happens when you get a lot of women in the room together. And then... Um, and then the co-ed groups are a ton of fun too. And then a lot of times the women's return with their, their coworkers to the co-ed groups. Mm. And they happen in Boulder and in the Bay Area? Yes, this is actually our first Bay Area. Uh, they've been in Boulder for two years. Oh, wow. And we're going to do our first Bay Area event this November. Yeah, oh, I'm wow. Well, I know we have lots of Bay Area listeners. So hopefully, uh, hopefully someone will reach out and they'll get there and say, I heard you on Michelle's podcast. That would be, that would that be would, awesome. That would make me so happy. <laughs> we can have that little connection. Well, we're, we're just about out of time. It's been 30 minutes, which is hard. Oh my goodness. I know I could oh talk to you all day. I could talk yeah. to you all day. So um, we've already shared about the, how can, which the website, if people want to look that up. Um, yeah. If they want to look that up, it is Merge Lane, M-E-R-G-E. L-A-N-E.com and all the information is there. Okay. And then they can find you on Facebook. Tell them how. Yes. DharmaComics.com or Dharma Comics on Facebook. Okay. Um, D-H-A-R-M-A-C-O-M-I-S.com. Okay. C-O-M-I-C-S. Comics. <laughs> Just like it sounds. Just like it yeah. sounds. And I'll put the link to all of this in the- oh, great. Um, okay, great. Yeah, on the page so people can go there if they, if they didn't catch it for any reason. Well, thank you, Leah. It was so good to catch up with you. We haven't seen each other in a long time and this was such a good excuse to, to catch up with you. Yes, so yes. Here. Yeah, thanks, Michelle. Yeah, so we'll say goodbye to our listeners. Thanks for being with us. May you meet this moment fully. May you meet this moment with kindness towards yourself and others. Thanks for listening to Mindful Parenting in a Messy World. Michelle's new book, Mindful Parenting in a Messy World, Living with Presence and Parenting with Purpose, is now available at Amazon and at mindfulparentingbook.com. Get your copy today.